This is Celebration Church, but it's more than just a building or a church. We have a calling to be a place where people can find a relationship with God instead of religion. A place where freedom is found, given, and every person can discover their purpose and experience the kind of fulfillment only God can give. Together we will raise, lead, and empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous, and all the glory goes to God. This is celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. Let me invite all of us to stand together here at the Green Bay campus and Appleton is and Stevens Point as well, as we together recite the Apostles' Creed, our statement of faith here at Celebration Church, would you join with me as we say it together? We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I want to give a warm welcome to those that are joining with us now at, at Appleton and Stevens Point, that our campus is there. Those of you that are joining us online as well, good to have you here with us. Why don't we here in Green Bay give a warm welcome of applause to those that are joining with us online at the other campuses as well. Let's welcome them. Amen. And you guys in Appleton and Stevens Point are more than welcome to clap for us as well. We're pretty cool too. All right. But it's great to have you uh, join with us. It's always good to connect in this way, and it's a wonderful way that we are able to do it. Well, this morning, we are very privileged once again to have a very special person here with us that's going to be sharing God's Word with us. So would you join with me as we give a very warm welcome to the Reverend Jimmy Bratcher. Good morning. How y'all? All y'all. Are you good? I'm trying to set my phone up here. Hang on just a second. Y'all just talk amongst yourself. <laughs> well, it's such a privilege for me to be here. Sherry sends her love. She's, uh, she's watching right now from beside the pool in Orlando. And um, we're working in Florida this month. And so we're actually, we're just there mooching off of friends. And, uh, but she said to tell you all hi. And it's just such a privilege. Again, every time that I get the call to come to Green Bay, I'm always excited to, to be here and to see you. Now, I might not know all of you, but it's still, it's like I believe that we are part of the same family unit. Amen. And even though the Packers aren't in the playoffs, the Chiefs are. So when I come to Green Bay and the Packers are in the playoff, I am a Packers fan. And the last football game I went to was a Packer game, just so you know. And uh, so I hope that you all will root for the Chiefs. We did all right yesterday, and uh, we're believing for good things. So anyway, Sherry and I have been busy. We had a great year last year. Our book, um, 
Granny Paid for Our Divorce came out, and that's been a blessing to a lot of people. Uh, we finished up the year on December 23rd doing an outreach and, uh, and a prison outreach right before that that was just phenomenal. For 2019, we have a bunch of events scheduled. I share this with you because as a church, you all financially help us with our projects. You sent teams down to be with us to do some things. But our transformation tour is May 31st through June 8th. And that's a, that's a time when we set aside and just dedicate all of that time to be in several prisons in the state of Kansas. And it's been phenomenal. I hope that some of you all come out and help us with that and just be with us. It's just such, it's such a phenomenal thing to see these men and women who have nothing because of their own bad choices. And what's your pastor tell you? I mean, his main message is do the right thing. And they didn't do the right thing and their lives have been devastated by it, but they are God's children that Jesus paid all for them to be able to have life regardless of where they're at, regardless of what they've done, regardless of how many laws they've broken. And it's just so phenomenal to be able to go into places. You know, Sherry and I have a commitment as a ministry. We always want to be going to places where nobody can give us anything. They're not going to give us an offering. We're not going to sell CDs and books. We're not going to come out of there with any money, but we are going to just share our lives with people. And that's why we came today. In February, if you aren't on our mailing list, I would just encourage you to stop by my website, which is therevjb.com or jimmybratcher.com. I'm starting a, I started this kind of mini series a while back called the 60-second spiritual giant, and it's just like an autoresponder, and it just shows up in your inbox. And so for February, I'm doing a thing of 20 different components, of 20 different mini messages that are two to three minutes long. It'll just show up. And so if you're interested in helping your relationship, then, then go sign up and get on our mailing list, and you'll start getting that stuff the first of February. All right. All the commercials over, the introduction, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the hope and the victory that you give to us, that we can, as, a, as an individual, have access to you, and Lord, that we can have a relationship with you, and Lord, that you give us that hope and that victory in our heart that causes us to be your children. Lord, we just thank you for it, Father, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, Jesus is a radical. And we as his children should be radical as well. Now, I'm not talking about being religious, super spiritual weirdos. I'm talking about having a relationship with God in such a way that it affects every part of who we are and the people that are around us. When Jesus came to this planet, the people that saw him said, we've never seen anything like this before. The people that heard him said, we've never heard anything like this before. And the key thing that separated Jesus from every other religious leader of his time was this, how he treated people. He treated people different 
than anyone else at that time. And people were shocked because of how Jesus treated them. And the way that he referred to God was so controversial. We said it just a few minutes ago when we recited the Lord's Prayer. We said, Our Father. And we just kind of take that as just kind of, you know, we just kind of pass over that. But for Jesus to refer to God as Father was something that was very controversial. In fact, the religious leaders of that day considered it to be blasphemy. But Jesus was here on earth to model exactly what the Father would look like. Exactly what the Old Testament law would look like if it was being executed by love. If it was being demonstrated by walking in love. And the people were absolutely freaked out because they had never seen anything like this before. And Jesus introduced us to this concept that God is our Father. Jesus took us from law and regulations to relationship. And God's desire throughout, I know you've probably heard me say this before, but the theme the Bible has a single theme. And if you, once, you, once I discovered this, it was like completely revolutionary in my devotional life and how I read the Bible. A single theme. The Bible has a single theme that goes from Genesis through Revelation. And that theme is this. God's great desire to be a father with a family. God has this desire... In him, it's who he is, it's his character, it's who he is as an individual that his greatest desire is to be a father. And I don't know about you, I'm sure some of you can relate to that just out of your own personal experience. My daughter Amanda, who's our, our youngest, we don't get to talk about Amanda very much, but Amanda's she works for me and Sherry, she has since 2002. And all the time Amanda was growing up, she had one desire. She just wanted to be a mom. She just wanted to be a mom. She just wanted to have kids and be a mom. And she is one of the greatest mothers that I have ever seen. But it came out of this desire that came out of her heart. And Jesus demonstrates the Father to us and opens up this relationship with us and the Father so that we have this access to God. And Jesus paid the price for everything that would stand in our way for us having this relationship with God the Father. It's no longer based on how we perform. It's no longer based on if we get it right. But it's based on the fact that Jesus did it right for us. Jesus paid the price for everything that would stand between us and God. And all that is left for us to do is simply believe. Now I know for some of you, like me, that challenges my religious brain. It just can't be that simple. It just can't be that good that it's not based on what I do, but it's based on what he's done. And that's the way it is when it comes to our access with God. Yes, if we continue to violate the law of God, 
we, will, we always function in the realm of sowing and reaping. The Bible tells us that seed time and harvest will never end. That the seed, the law of the seed will always govern us. And when we violate the law of God, we reap the benefits or the penalties of that law. We like to use this verse when we're talking about people that don't know the Lord. The wages of sin is death. But that wasn't written to non-believers, it was written to believers. And when we violate those things, but there's nothing that the Bible says that can separate us from the love of God in Christ. Height, depth, all those things that the Bible tells us cannot separate us from that. Why is that? Because God is our Father. And I know as a dad and as a grandfather, nothing is going to separate me from my kids. And I know that you as parents and grandparents, you know that feeling. You know that feeling. It's like I'm going to lunch today with one of my grandsons who happens to be a student here at Transition One. And I'm going to go to lunch with him and bye. And probably fill his car up with gas. And I'm going to do that for one reason. Because I want to be with him. Because I want to hear what he has to say and what's going on in his life. Because I want to share with him some of the things that I've experienced. And I know it's called being a father. And I know that you're in this uh, 21 days of prayer. I'm just so glad it's not prayer and fasting. Because <laughs> I'd have some cheese curds last night when I got here. And, uh, but prayer is simple. Preachers like me have made it complicated, but it really isn't. Prayer is at its essence two hearts communicating and connecting with each other. Prayer can take hours, and prayer can take moments, seconds, microseconds. And one of the first things that we need to know if we're going to engage God in prayer is that the first revelation the Bible gives us and shows us about our Father is this. God is the God who speaks. He's the God who speaks. He's the father talking to his children. Now that my children are grown, it really doesn't matter what they want when they call me. What matters is that they just want to talk to me. And even more so with my grandchildren. When they call me, I'm listening. I want to hear what they have to say. And there's so much that we can learn by just one word that I just mentioned there. And that's listening. Listening. Listening is an art that in our day with social media, we demand instant response. But talking with the Father is not that way. Now, how many of you would admit that you have trouble 
hearing from God. Oh, there's a few honest people in here. Come on now. You have trouble hearing from God. But Jesus showed us and taught us about this one thing. Because if we're going to be engaging in prayer, we need to be those that are listening, not just talking. Prayer is communication between two hearts, talking, speaking with each other, which means speaking and listening. But Jesus said it like this in John chapter 10, verse 27. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And so we have to, in light of the revelation of this particular verse here, we have to throw aside our thoughts that say, I can't, I'm having trouble hearing God, or I can't hear God, and come back and default to the fact that Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And I struggled with this for, for a long, long time. And Sherry and I, we were in a camp meeting. And back when Sherry and I, when we talk about going to camp meetings, it's like we didn't go to like a, a conference center and stay in a hotel. We was camping out. We was sleeping in a tent on the ground because we were hungry to hear from God. Somebody, some of you old folks give me an amen. You know what I'm talking about, Joe. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe, I didn't mean to call you old. Because I got this thing working. I'm going to do a whole series on aging and relevance. Because there's this whole move in the church that we got to get rid of the old because we ain't hip no more. I turned 65 in May, and I'm going to go to a whole nother level of coolness. Sherry tells me I got cool I ain't used yet. I'm going to break it out. I'm going to break it out. I just completely lost where I was in the message right there, but it was good. We went to a camp meeting, and a camp meeting for us meant camping, sleeping on the ground because we were hungry. We wanted to hear from God. We wanted to experience something from the Father that would revolutionize our life because we were desperate. We had to have some help. Our lives were barely, you know, my pastor said that when I came to Jesus, I was the horse that came in last. Just hanging on by my fingernails when Jesus found me. That's a real encouragement coming from your pastor, ain't it? <laughs> we had to have some help. And we were at this camp meeting, and there was this elderly couple there, and they were so cool. They didn't dress cool. They didn't act cool. They didn't have the latest lingo. But when it come to being able to hear Jesus and have a relationship with God, they were connected. Their names were Brother and Sister Klein. That was back when we called, you know, we didn't know anybody's name, so we just called them brother and sister. And I think as I age, we need to go back to that model. <laughs> and Sister Klein was preaching one night, and she took a text from Job chapter 33, verses 14 through 16, and it revolutionized my life. She said this, I'm going to read it out of the King James Bible. 
It says this, for God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, in slumberings upon the bed, then he opens the ears of men and sealeth their instruction. I hope you didn't get lost in the sealeth and the these and the thous and the yeas in there. But what that did for me is it opened up a new level of confidence in my heart about hearing God. For God may speak in one way or another, but man perceives it not. But yet in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, then he opens their understanding and seals in their instruction. It meant for me that if God had to wait until I was completely unconscious, totally helpless, that he was going to speak to me and he was going to talk to me. And when we're in prayer and we begin this communication between our Father, it's the most radical thing that happens. Some people say they've heard an audible voice of God. I've never done that, but I've heard him speak to me in my heart and in my spirit. And I describe it like this. When God speaks to you, you don't hear it with your ears. You hear it with your life. It's something that so affects every fiber of who you are, the very DNA of your existence, because he speaks to every possibility in your heart and in your life. And it's revolutionary. When we hear him, it alters everything. Why do we need to pray and connect with God? Because your life depends on it. Hearing God, responding to God, taking steps on the journey that we're on with God, it all depends on it. You've probably all seen that... uh, that, that art, that piece of art called footprints. You know what I'm talking about? The footprints thing where there's two sets of footprints and then there's one set of footprints and then there's two sets of footprints and the guy goes, Lord, why was there only one set of footprints there? And he says, well, that's where I was carrying you. My picture doesn't look like that when it comes to following Jesus. My picture is there's one set of footprints and two ruts where he's dragging me into his will, you know? <laughs> Why do we need to pray? Because our lives depend on it. They depend on us having a relationship with our Father, with us being able to make our voice known to Him and to hear His voice that impacts our life. Why do we need to pray and connect to God? Because your marriage depends on it. You know, those of you that know mine and Sherry's story or have read our book, you know, that we were married and divorced and then remarried. And while we were divorced, Sherry started to follow Jesus. I'm trying to fix my hair here. It's like I'm looking at the monitor and Sherry's going, Jimmy, fix your hair. I can hear her all the way from Florida. She's probably (laughs) texting me right now. But while we were divorced, Sherry started following Jesus. 
And she had a mentor in her life, and she was helping her and teaching her about the things of God. What a, what a joy. I mean, can, can every, it's like some of you old people are like just sitting around. You need to find some young people that you need to hang out with. And the church went mild. I mean, the church went like off on that one. I mean it. You need to find some folks that you can hang out with and pour your life into. Unless you got a funky life, you know, then stay away. But this mentor was helping Sherry and discipling her. And one day she asked her, she said, Sherry, what's your plan? You know, you're following Jesus, but what's your plan for life? And she said, well, you know, she said, I was all messed up and on drugs and just out of control. And, and Jesus found me and saved me. And so I'm going to believe that for Jimmy. And her mentor said, oh, hon, you need to get another plan. Because he's not the type to be saved. And it nearly destroyed her faith. And she went home and she said, you know, Lord, I just, I just don't believe that you're that way. She picked up her Bible and she opened it up. And I would not prescribe that you ever do this. But in that moment, that was what the Lord asked her to do. And she picked up her Bible and she just flipped it open to a page and pointed at a verse. And that verse said this. Zach 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. The Father spoke to her. You see, when God always speaks he always speaks bible so many people run around dropping the g word god told me it's like really did you just have some kind of inspiration or some kind of moving in your heart or some kind of desire in your spirit it's like when god speaks to you it's going to be pretty stinking dramatic and it's going to be pretty, pretty radical. And it's going to carry with it the power to transform your life. Very seldom, if ever, will you hear me say, God spoke to me. But I will hear the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I will see in my heart's eyes the, the journey that I need to take, the next step that I need to take. Because when God speaks to us, it is so transforming, it so changes everything about us. And prayer is not complicated, especially for us guys. It's like when it comes to prayer, man, you take us to a prayer meeting and we're like, dude, I, you know, I'm like, I tell the people back in the back, they always want to pray with me before the service and they want me to hold hands with them. And it's like, man, I ain't standing here holding hands with some dude. You know, it's like, I'm just not doing that. You know, it's like, come on. But you take a guy to a prayer meeting and he's like, you know, oh man, come on, somebody shoot me. And all the men said, mm hmm, I feel your pain. But really, it's not so much about what the actions that we're doing as much as it is about us bringing our heart to a place where we close off everything else, we dedicate a period of time, 
And we simply are open to connect with our Father. Amen. We need to do that. But prayer, as I mentioned earlier, it can take moments. It can take hours. And one of the things I love is that the Bible's full of all kinds of prayers that we can pray. That we have positive assurance that God will answer. And one of my favorites that I've used over and over again in my life is James 1.5. It's a five-word prayer that God says he will always answer. And it's this. This is for us guys. We need. I use this on the job. I've used this in situations where, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. How many of you ever get in those situations? It's like you're, you know, you're in way over your head. You have no idea what you're doing. It. You're just faking it, right? But it, but it, it's a five-word prayer that God will always answer. And James one five says this: If you need wisdom, ask our generous God. And he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Father, I need wisdom. Is that right? Father, I ask for wisdom. There you go. That's five. I'll make it up somehow. You know, it's like, I'm a, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just faking it, okay? <laughs> Father, I ask for wisdom. The Bible says he always answered that prayer. Some of you in your relationships right now, you need to be praying that prayer. It's not going to take you hours. It's going to take you just a few seconds. You need to be asking God for those things on your job, with your kids, with your marriage, with your family, with your extended family. God, Father, I ask for wisdom. And watch what happens. He'll start to begin to mold your heart and prepare you for that. One of the prayers that I used to pray with Sherry all the time when I officed outside of the home, and then I'll stop after this, but I'd get ready to leave for work, and I'd be leaving, and I would just walk up to her, and I would just wrap my arms around her. And I'd just say, Father, I thank you for my wife. Lord, I pray that you would bless her today. That in everything that she does, that she would prosper. Lord, I pray that she would be at peace and Lord, I ask you to balance her hormones so she doesn't kill me later on. <laughs> I wouldn't play that every, every day, you know, but some days. But just those moments like that where we touch God's heart, where we communicate to Him and He talks to us. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that we can come to you Regardless of our condition, regardless of our successes, regardless of our failures, and we can meet you there, and you accept us, and you receive us on the basis of what Jesus did for us. Lord, I thank you for the privilege that you've given us to just pray and to seek you, and I bless you for it, Father. Help us to do this today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all.